Greetings, Earthling! <laughs> The fate of the world is in your hands. Come here, tasty human. Destroy this sucker. You are listening right now to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. With us today is Jared Morgs. Hey, hey. And all the way from Germany, the wonderful Bonzo. Guten Tag. Not so fast, human. It's... it's so big. Ooh la la. Oh, baby. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, as you can tell, it's a uh, much smaller podcast today. Uh, Sean is very, 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 very busy. And uh, that's regardless of whether he wants to be with us or not. <laughs> and um, and I don't know what uh, I don't know where Jeff is off to uh, these these times, uh, but uh, I'm sure he's off doing wonderful things that we'll hear about next time. So, you people get the three of us deal with it. <laughs> but don't worry, it's going to be awesome. Like you're going to love it anyhow. So. Awesome, absolutely incredible. Hey, I want to take care of a little bit of business because I forgot to um, last time. And that is, I want to mention our good friends over at Wizard Amusements. Go visit them at wizardamusement.com. Go check out their custom shooter rods. Uh, we should be getting a new one as a prize to uh, give away in one of our upcoming Tournament of the Months. So if you haven't been playing in the Tournament of the Month, you might want to start doing that. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to be giving another one away. i got to talk to uh, Mike, uh, our contact there, and figure that out. But... Regardless of if you're playing or not, go check out the site. Go check out the custom shooter rods. Go buy one, even if you don't own a pinball machine, because they just look damn cool. Oh, yeah, they really do. Have they released any... I don't know if they released any new ones to coincide with WrestleMania or anything, but um, it'd be pretty cool if they did. He probably, he's usually pretty up on whatever the newest stern is, so um, we'll see soon enough. Yeah. Uh, I just checked the website today. I didn't see anything new. So, But uh, <laughs> there are some new things sure, since the last time. Like last time I went and checked... Um, I hadn't seen any of the uh, Walking Dead heads that he did, and they look pretty awesome. They're good-looking zombies. That's sweet. I'm sure he's got top men working on it right now. <laughs> I.e. him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of the uh, Tournament of the Month and Table of the Week, uh, we've been having a good time with Table of the Week. Uh, we just finished up with uh, Whitewater, Theater of Magic, Black Knight 2000. We're about to pick a new one, which I don't know, but by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be already passed, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to say it's <laughs> NBA Fast Break, so what do you think of that? You're um, totally right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a man can dream. Um, but I did want to mention for the uh, this past tournament of the month, I want to mention who our winners were, and uh, we'll, we'll do the top ten, so... Uh, Rounding out our list, number 10, it was Pinball Wiz 45B. Number 9 was Super Dan. Number 8, our very own Jared Morgs. Jared, what the hell did you do right? Yay, I don't know. Turned up? <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I Did, really didn't, didn't go, so oh man, I need to, I need to play this. Uh, I got 10 minutes, okay, here we go. <laughs> no, I kind of did do that. I sort of went, right, I'm going to play tournaments now. I actually didn't leave it to last minute like I did last tournament. And yeah. I just went, right, okay, well, let's go and have some have some games. And 
And for some reason, the pinball gods were smiling on me. I must have given the appropriate sacrifices of of um, of pinball repair tips to my tournament um, <laughs> operator. Um, he had to, <laughs> so it, it, maybe I it, it made also the right helped because. Because you know, I see these things in the uh, scoring that uh, you scored a couple of plus one points for beating uh, A class players. So yeah, boom. That, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what happens. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, number seven is uh, Maggie. Number six, Captain Bazaar. Number five was Dark Matt. Number four was Dylan H. And then our top three who get the oh so wonderful avatar that they can use in whatever manner they choose. Uh, number three was Jay Pelter. Number two was In Vitro. And number one was Switch 3 Flip. I don't know if I'm supposed to just say Switch Flip or how that is, but it's spelled out Switch 3 Flip, so there it is. He's our, he's our winner for last month's Tournament of the Month. Um, our next Tournament of the Month shall be on April 25th. Sign-ups will be starting up on the 22nd. Just head over to the uh, forum, and you'll be able to get all the information of where those sign-ups are via the links. Or you can follow at Blockade on Twitter, because it's always posted there. And you can just click that link, uh, and it'll drop you right into the places there, too. So congratulations to all of our winners there. Uh, special mention also, the winner of the... Adam's Family table that was donated so generously by Joe Cool was won by uh, Crepolo 55012 and his son was also playing in the tournament. His son was seven years old and uh, that was Football Banana, which I just thought was an awesome kid name for a video game. <laughs> or for a username. I mean, it's just a total kid name and it got me thinking, do you guys remember any of your, like, I don't know, clubhouse names that you might have had when you were a kid or anything? I know for a while... I was known as Crayon. I don't know why, but <laughs> Crayon, Crayon. Yeah, that was that was the clubhouse name given to me by my brother. It's probably just him being mean or something. I don't know. But the... <laughs> that was when I was like six or something. You know, <laughs> my son uses uh, his username is Trashbois because he likes trashies. and he also likes the uh, raving rabbits, and they were always going bah. So that became his, and it's just like, <laughs> it's one of those things that just cracks me up when you hear what kids want to name themselves. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I thought Football Banana was a rather uh, apropos good kid name. <laughs> the uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention about the tournament was uh, we had 38 players, and I have a breakdown, if you, if you people find this interesting, of what everybody played on. Um, interestingly enough, or not, uh, the largest group was the PC players. We had uh, 19 players playing on the PC. Wow. We had Stop yeah for tournaments. I think that's probably the true reason is yeah. indeed. Um, for the <laughs> the next highest, which wasn't even close, eight players on iOS. Wow. Okay. Then we had six players on the PS3. We had three players on Android, one player on an Xbox One, one player on a Wii, which means right. there was not a single player on a PS4. <laughs> there you go. Huh. So, yeah, interesting, interesting to see what that breakdown is. So that's, guys, why we asked that question. I think it's uh, useful to see what everybody's playing on. Um, 
I'll be very curious to see if once uh, DX11 uh, drops for the PA, uh, for the PC, if that number goes up. And I don't know if it's also. Uh, it seems to be like the mobile people are always saying that it's so much easier on PC. You don't play it all on PC, do you, Jared? No, I'm totally Android. Um, but and, you're on. You, know, you use got... a controller on Android, right? You don't use your thumbs yeah, to touch the screen, correct? That's right. I've got a um, a Shield tablet and that has a pretty good um, um, controller that I can use to control. And I've got to say that the the analog nudging on Android, at least on my particular device and controller combo, is is pretty forgiving. I've got to really give the the table a huge shove for it to actually register a tilt. Um, uh-huh. The because it's analog nudging, I can be really subtle with the with the nudges, so the tilt register doesn't even go off. Um, so it's I don't know whether it's an advantage or not. I've heard it's sort of similar on PC as well. Um, kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's if you're playing on a touchscreen, you are actually disadvantaged because uh, the touchscreen gives you a full tilt warning. There's no subtlety about it. Uh. Um, so yeah, top tip: get a controller, <laughs> plug one in. Uh, <laughs> If you're on iOS, I don't know how that's going to work for you. I think you've got access to iCade support. Um, definitely go down that path and get that and connect it. It'll make a huge difference to the way you play and um, the control you have in the game. See, that makes me wonder, though. Is it that the game itself is more difficult on mobile, or is it just the input interface that's more difficult? Because, I mean, I know it's... for me, trying to trying to do flippers with my thumbs, it, I'm, my reaction time is way slower than using my index finger. So. It's, the, uh, it's definitely the interface. I think they, they might actually make some concessions in mobile because of the fact you've got a, a, a touchscreen interface, and um, it is quite a bit harder to um, actually you know control using the touchscreen. So I think, um, I don't know, in some ways they might make it easier. I'm really not sure. I couldn't be 100% certain on it, but... Um, I know the tilt is when you actually get into um, controller on Android, it's it, the tilt is really, really forgiving. That's the other thing with the tilt. I wonder that uh, if if maybe it's the controller I'm using. I know we'll get into that later because I have a controller <laughs> rant, but uh, we're gonna save that for later. Okay. <laughs> I've been Six having seconds of rage. <laughs> it's gonna be a little more, maybe sixty minutes of rage. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the amount of time I was on the phone with Logitech uh, yesterday, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, uh, moving right along, uh, obviously, Sean is not here today. But that does not mean that we cannot do a Lost in the Zone. So I'm, I'm going to do my best attempt to, uh, to cover for Sean this week. So roll the music. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, we save you for the end, Jared. Don't. Oh, well, I guess you can jump the gun. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just doing the, uh, the, the lead-in music. <laughs> I, I, I can never get enough of Jared doing uh, voices and, and theme songs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good at them, right? <laughs> so good. So good. <clears throat> okay, well, uh, let me let me get my uh, my my best. Uh, Sean, frame of mind, and uh, and we'll start here. So, this week's Lost in the Zone, we're going to be talking about Big Shot. Now, uh, <laughs> Big Shot is a table by Gottlieb, who were the kings of the pinball world to the late 70s. Uh, it's an EM, which for those that don't know, stands for Electromechanical, 
these tables are known for their three chimes. There's not a lot of bells and whistles on any of these. It's pretty much flippers and stand-up targets and maybe the occasional drop hole, but uh, there's no subterranean uh, tunnels going on. There's no toys. It is just pure and simple pinball. So let's get started with how you're going to approach this table. Uh, first, you're going to drop in your quarter. Uh, <laughs> electromechanicals are a little different with uh, where the start button is because they're not lit up. You might have some problems finding it, but uh, in, in the pinball arcade world, it still is the, uh, the, the same way of pushing the, the button, and it starts right up. You're then going to plunge the ball. Uh, I recommend a full plunge, as there's no real advantage to doing a soft plunge. Uh, the ball is going to bounce around, drop down into an in-lane, uh, one of three at the very top. Uh, it's going to uh, then be approaching your flippers. Now, the the... On the left side of the table, you have the balls number one through seven. Those are your solids. And on the uh, right side, you've got balls nine through 15. Those are your stripes. Uh, yes, Big Shots is a pool-themed table. Uh, this would be not nine ball, but eight ball. Uh, so the rules would apply accordingly to that. Uh, now... Uh, you're going to knock down the stand-up targets. Those are your 1 through 7 and 9 through 15, as mentioned. Uh, each time you knock one down, it's going to light up the uh, center image of the balls. Um, and those are pretty much the shots that you take on this table. Uh, an approach you might want to think about, if you flail wildly, you're going to die. If you try and catch and shoot, you're going to die. If you try to uh, nudge the ball, you're going to tilt and die. Uh, essentially, this table is going to try and kill you at every step of the way, and uh, therefore it is my recommendation to just plain not play this table as it sucks. <laughs> yeah, those outlands do tend to be a little bit uh, hungry on being shot. Short, short, I mean, uh, Chris... Uh, yes, yes. Uh, get, get it, get it right there, uh, Condor boy. <laughs> so, uh, approaches that I like to take, um, I like to just uh, like to aim for anything that's standing up. And uh, once you knock down all the stand-ups, uh, a special is lit. Uh, you can you can try and go for that, though it's probably going to drain the ball. Um, and uh, if you get the ball in the the center of the table, there is a, a spot marked by an eight ball. There's a little divot. If you get the ball in that divot, it closes or excuse me, opens the gate on the right out lane. So if the ball goes that way, it'll just go right back into your plunger, and uh, which then again you can do your full strength plunge or your softer plunge, but. Uh, I think we've already covered that in depth. Um, <laughs> the only other thing to note about this table is it's a it is a five ball table, and uh, there is no multi ball. It's just those five balls. You uh, 
Your first three balls, you get an end-of-the-ball bonus. Uh, and those are only with a 1,000-point uh, uh, multiplier, basically, uh, which you will. Uh, on ball four, you get 2,000 points. And on ball three, there's 3,000 points. Uh, this is a game that... Uh, once you get to the fifth ball, that's where all the points are, so you may as well just drain your first four balls and only play the fifth ball. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a boring table, to be sure. Uh, <laughs> of the three chimes, my favorite chime is the one that goes, ding, <laughs> as opposed to the one that goes, ding. And I really don't like the one that just goes, ding. Yeah, that one's not good at all. So, ding is my favorite chime, and I encourage everybody to listen for that one and think of me when it does. <laughs> uh, any questions about Big Shots? Don't you think it's useful to get the middle lane after plunging? So don't do the full plunge? Well, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's one approach that you can take to this table, uh, but it's, you're probably going to die because of it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the cliff notes for this are, you're going to die, go and play another machine. Uh, yes, more or less. Um, and uh, Unless that other machine happens to be Central Park, in which case, I suggest you just continue playing Big Shot. Uh, and if the other machine is going nuts, then... <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I think... Oh, yes, yeah, the, the, the Big Nuts. Uh, big Nuts, yes, that's what I want to play, is Big Nuts. So mix of pool and nuts. Whacking your nuts with a cue stick. <laughs> You'd probably have a better time doing that on your own without playing either Big Shots, Central Park, or Going Nuts. So, yes, certainly I'm Going fine. Nuts. And that is my recommendation. This has been Lost in the Zone. Uh, maybe maybe Jared could take us out because I've got nothing else to say about this. Uh, Jared, what what uh, might you want to to do? I I don't. I'm not good at asking this question. Uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, thank you, Sean. Uh, that was wonderful. Uh, Jared, um, why don't you take us out? Uh, I would uh, have we have you done a robot voice yet, Jared? No, but I can do robot voices. It's one of my okay, main. Okay, I would like I would like to do a uh, a robot voice uh, doing the closing the door, but uh, try not to make it sound like the robot voice that is closing the door in uh, Twilight Zone. So make it a you know maybe like an R two D two kind of robot voice. I don't know, C three PO. Oh, dear, the okay. lost in space so, robot. I don't, you know. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that. Danger, Will Robinson. Don't shut the door. <laughs> 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 oh, I could do it. It's too funny. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Well, well, crap. That was a uh, what was that? A five minute lost in the zone. We're used to you know forty five minutes. Now what do we do, guys? Well, we've got that, you know, that little interview that I did. Uh, oh, you know, the interview! We could do that. That's right. Why don't we? So, yes, Jared uh, reached out to Zolt, uh, who is uh, of Ask Homework, the makers yeah, of it. the Zachariah tables. 
Yeah, and it was. Uh, I collected a whole stack of uh, questions asked by the um, the Arts Homework subforum uh, uh, people. Thank you very much for asking a whole bunch of very interesting questions. Um, so what we're going to do is, because Zolt can actually do a um, an audio interview due to some language barriers, what we're going to do is have um, uh, Drex Clown or our friend Kai, as he's well known, to do the voice of Zolt. And uh, we're going to go through the questions. What's going to happen is we'll we'll put the transcript up um, in the forum um, a bit later after the uh, podcast goes live. So if you want to have a look back through the questions and you don't want to listen to us reading them, you can um, you can just have a look at the transcript um, and you'll you'll get the info. So why would nobody want to listen to us? I don't get I, that. I don't, that makes no sense. Our golden no, voices, no. bankable golden voices. You know, yeah. weird fetish. <laughs> okay. German pretending to be an Hungarian, no? <laughs> it's okay, no, Bob. So uh, uh, most Americans wouldn't be able to tell the difference anyway. <laughs> that's good. <that's, laughs> it's true. Yeah. No, we don't need to do any. Uh, we don't need to do any accents. I think the uh, the international flavor of a German accent is perfectly fine. Um, for for <laughs> it's good. So um, let's kick it off. So um, we'll start with a couple of uh, general questions and. Um, the first question that Snorzel asked from the forum was, um, how do you fix bugs so fast? You know, he asked, folks have been amazed at just how fast you guys push out fixes to bugs. How do you manage such a quick turnaround? Well, our company has been in business for 15 years. We fix the bugs as soon as possible because customer feedback is important to us. So bug fixing is one of the main priorities. That's really good. So another question that was asked um, by Silverballs was, um, how many people work at Ask, and, and what's the breakdown of staff? You know, for example, how many developers, art staff, and that sort of thing. Well, our team has ten co-workers in the office. If we have a larger or special project, we hire some contributors to be able to finish those tasks in time. The constant members are four graphics artists, two D and three D, four programmers, an assistant, and the CEO. All oh, right. Okay. Well, that's really good. Well, that gives us a bit of an overview of of uh, Zachariah to start with. Let's move on to um, some of the, uh, I guess, more general questions for you, uh, Zolt. There's some some people want to get get to know you a bit better. So, the first question we have is about um, Hungary's pinball scene. Snorzel and 74-89, both these users want to know what the real pinball scene is like in Hungary, both the past scene and the present scene. Well, the past was the golden age. Every arcade and pub had Zakaria pinball machines, mostly. Uh, the present-day scene is lugubrious. There are no pinball machines on location at all because the government made extra taxes for arcade machines, which is why arcades and pubs removed them. Ah, okay. That's a shame. It's a little bit like that down here in, in Australia, too. Like You don't really see that many games on location anymore, so it's, um, it's starting to improve a bit. But, yeah, that's a bummer that you, know, you can't actually... <laughs> run arcade machines in pubs anymore. So the next question, this one again from 74-89, when did you join Ask and what was the first game you worked on for the company? I joined the company in 2000 and the first project was eGames Pinball. eGames Pinball, okay, that's very interesting. All right, well that's good, that gets us off to a good start as well, knowing a bit about you. So let's get on to some of the nuts and bolts now. Let's have a look at some questions about um, tables. A lot of the members here are actually really quite um, passionate about the product and they really want to know 
um, some of the details about tables and um, whether uh, you know there's some possibilities for little extras. So let's get into those. First one is from I go first, Indy, and he asks: um, Is it possible to rescan the Devil Riders table assets? That has already happened, and the next update will include it. Aha! Awesome. And um, SMB hacks, or I call that Samba hacks, because I'm a Linux geek. <laughs> <laughs> what is the table creation process like? It seems like some of the tables recreated in the app are not always readily available. So how does that affect the creation process? Special thanks goes to one of our compatriots, uh, Laszlo Petrik, who has almost every Zakaria pinball machine produced. We have managed to look over all those tables very closely, have taken very detailed pictures, made measurements, and recorded the original sounds. Then the 3D guys make the objects, the 2D guys draw the playfield, cover, and textures. The programmers, which one, I'm one of them, writes the scripts, assembles all elements, and implements them into the app. If the table is not available in physical form because it is so rare, we use any available videos and pictures on the internet or through connections from Pinball Arcade fans members. Ah, right. Okay. Very good. Well. That's a good start for questions about tables. Let's jump over to questions about licenses now. This is the, the really tricky part that sometimes people don't like to answer when they're developers because licenses <laughs> are hard. So let's go to um, a question from um, Sickboy and Snorzel, in part, um, about known exclusions from the collection. They ask, are there any specific tables that will absolutely not be considered for implementation in Sakurai Pinball due to licensing or technical issues, for example? Uh, Granada, Top Hand, and Tropical will be missing from the collection due to licensing issues. If our information is correct, these tables were developed by Williams originally, and Zakaria copied them. So the original license belongs to Williams. That's why they will not be included by Zakaria Pinball now. We will see you later. Hmm, okay. Now, the next question from Xtalk is sort of riffing off something that Farsight was talking about um, uh, and keeps on alluding to in part. It's the After Dark series. So uh, he asked, Farsight hinted that for them to include some of the more adult tables in TPA, they would need to create a separate app that they referred to as After Dark to get around licensing issues. Would Ask, consider making a collection of tables that have more adult themes separately. Well, has Sakaria ever made a pinball table with adult theme? I don't think so. So mm. there's no need for that. Yeah, I guess you're probably right there. Okay. So that's a good start again on the, um, the licensing issues. Now, I think a lot of people um, seeing how good it is on how good Zachariah is on uh, Android and iOS are really interested um, about the other platforms you might be planning in the um, in the future. So let's go to a question from Sickboy about PC port. He asks, "Are there any plans for Zachariah Pinball to come to PC? Uh, if not, is there anything the community could do to make it happen? For example, Kickstarter or other crowdfunding pushes?" Yes, the PC port is going to be under development soon, along with Mac and Linux ports. All these ports will support cabinet mode. Oh, that's awesome. I know heaps of people asking about cabinet support, both for um, Android and all the other platforms as well, because um, the simulation is just so um, accurate and so, well, amazing on mobile platforms. Uh, I think there's a couple of other questions here that um, some people are asking specifically about that. 
Um, so let's uh, continue on to um, a question from Sickboy about blue stacks or Android support. Um, is there any chance that Zachariah Pinball could be made to work with applications like Android or BlueStacks again? Of course. They had been supported formerly, but some of that support became broken. We will check and fix it as soon as we can. Uh, awesome. That'll make uh, Sickboy happy. And um, on large screen support, and this is sort of, again, riffing off cabinet mode. Um, so Silverball asks, to allow people to build mini Zachariah pinball cabs hosting your application, your game engine would need to be able to render the pinball app sideways because many of the large screen Android devices now force a fake portrait in landscape mode. Is this technically feasible? And is this something you would consider to promote the game amongst enthusiasts? That feature will be supported with all current and future platforms when the PC builds begin, including iOS ah. and Android. Ah, awesome. I thought that might have only been something that would have been offered on um, on PC because it was sort of more um, tailored to sort of cabinet builds. But having it on iOS and Android, that'll make a lot of people happy. So that's really great to hear. All right, we might uh, have a change of pace now and go back up to some of the more general questions for, um, for Zachariah. And um, we'll take a look at um, online multiplayer. Um, so Switch3Flip asks, are there any plans for online multiplayer games? Yes, there are. Uh, but we want to finish our main goal first, to make all Zakaria pinball tables. The game will feature cross-multiplayer, multi and this will not be an ordinary come-and-play thing. We want to offer a new multiplayer ex pinball experience to our customers, customers and invent a multiplayer feature that is loved by them. Ah, oh, yeah, right. That sounds really good. Um, it's one thing I miss about digital pinball. You can't say, hey, you want a challenge? So that's really cool. All right. So... The other one of the other questions um, relates to physics and silver ball. Uh, silver balls asked, many were surprised with the physics improvements. You mentioned that Ask hired someone with physics knowledge. What's the person's background, and did they have any previous experience working with pinball physics or ball simulation physics? Yes, indeed, we have a physics genius who studied it for many years. He has worked with us for ten years now. The physics engine is developed for many years and uh, evolves continuously. The engine develops the best when the physics genius doesn't have any other urgent job. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, things always seem to move a bit quicker when you've um, got no other urgent jobs breathing down your neck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some more questions, uh, some general questions uh, for you now. Let's have a look at um, a very important question, which is, uh, what's your favorite beer or other alcoholic beverage? Um, our favorite beer is all beer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a brewery not too far from the office which sells the best draft beer. Uh, that would be... <laughs> hopefully that doesn't affect productivity. I'm sure it wouldn't. <laughs> Only on Fridays. Um, so... Uh, what about some of your um, favorite tables in TPA? Xtalk's interested in knowing what your um, most or least favorite games are in um, uh, Farsight's product. Well, favorite tables are Twilight Zone and Black Knight. Yeah, okay, interesting. So, continuing on with this, what about um, some likes about TPA? Xtalk's also interested in um, knowing what uh, things you like about um, TPA. Playing the game just brings back old memories when I played those old tables in arcades. Yeah, that makes sense. A bit like that for me, actually. Um, <clears throat> now, this could be a bit of a, a tricky question, but uh, I'll ask anyhow. Um, do you have any constructive criticism about TPA? 
for this question, I'll say that it's easy to find a failure in a finished work. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a very conservative way of answering. I like that. All right. So that's uh, pretty good. Let's go down and um, have a chat about some more table issues. Let's go and have a chat about um, the Zachariah red and blue flippers that you um, were discussing. I'll go first. Indy says, any chance of getting the Zachariah blue and red flippers? These would be a great option for customizable flippers. Yes, here's a, good, uh, a short story about this. Uh, the request has been asked a long time ago by some customers, and those flipper bets were made that time. They were not implemented because we decided they were going to be released when all the tables were done, but we didn't anticipate there would be so many tables. Those, uh, so those flippers are already done, and since there are not too many upcoming tables, they will be implemented as soon as all EM tables are done. Ah, okay, that's great. And um, on the subject of flippers, how about uh, trans flippers, uh, transparent flippers? Um, any status on those? Uh, th they will also be implemented with the last table. Ah, Nigel will be really happy to hear that, so thanks for that. Okay, um, we've got one more question in the, um, the table group, so let's just launch right into it. And this one's from 74-89. He asks, do you think Ask will make any original table designs in the future? Well, Ask won't, but you will. Oh, okay. That sounds a little bit interesting. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit later. Um, hmm, very cool. Okay, um, let us go and have a chat a little bit more now about um, licenses. Let's have a talk about... Um, we've talked about the After Dark stuff and the known exclusions. Let's have a look at some of the other um, manufacturer licenses, such as Interflip. PinballWiz 45 b asks, can you produce Interflip games, specifically Dragon? We could, if they gave us the license. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hopefully they will, because um, those uh, Interflip games look pretty cool. Um, so on the subject of licenses, um, what about some other licenses? Snorzel, Knight, Flipperbump, I think probably pretty much everyone in the Ask uh, forum is interested to know, are you going to target any other licenses from other manufacturers? For example, Taito, which seems to be really popular. It depends on the future of Sakaria Pinball. Hmm. Hopefully that future is good, because I think a lot of uh, people would want to see those other projects come to fruition. Excellent. Well, we're, um, I've only got a, one more question for platforms, so let's have a chat about that one. This is actually quite a, a relevant one for me too, because I'm, I'm playing on Android. So Baron Rubik asks, if future pinball apps were developed, would an Android port be scheduled earlier in the cycle, now that the process is known? Or would iOS be developed first and then the proven app ported to Android later, like Zachary was? Both Android and iOS ports are developed in parallel since the engine supports this possibility now. The only reason why the Android port would be released earlier is uh, the, that the review time is shorter than the one on iOS. That means the other ports could get bug-free updates. Ah, that's, that's interesting. I had noticed that, actually, with the last couple of tables. Um, and updates you've um, pushed out. It seems that, in a way, the the tables have turned to um, Android now as the the early bug identifiers, whereas iOS have been carrying that torch pretty much for the last year and a bit, um, which is why we're seeing such great quality in um, the Android product now because of all the hard work the iOS team and, and um, Ask have done. So it's probably about time that um, <laughs> Android gave back anyhow. 
there is actually one more question about platforms that um, I've um, I've neglected to ask. There's a lot of people have asked about PC, but um, Dave nine fifty Lamb asks, what are your plans for releasing on consoles? We would like to release the carrier pinball on consoles, but this needs more financial investment. Hmm. Yeah, I have heard in the past that actually obtaining licenses to publish on mobile platforms is really, really expensive. So I understand where you're coming from there. Right. Well, we've got um, that. Pretty much wraps up all of the um, the platform questions and also the licenses questions. And we're also done with the questions about tables now. So the only other ones um, that we have left really relate to the general questions about Zacharia and um, just a couple more um, uh, general questions for you, Zolt. So. Let's have a, a look now at the uh, question asked by um, Silverballs. He's been asking a lot of questions in this uh, interview, and thank you very much for those questions, Silverballs, and everyone who's um, asked questions to date. So Silverball asks, you have a powerful game engine supporting multiple platforms, great lighting, which must be the envy of your competitors. How did this engine evolve, and how did you manage to get such great effects in real time? Was there any pre-rendering done on the tables? Well, originally this engine started as a family image viewer and evolved into this. This merit belongs to the boss's son. We are very proud of our engine. It supports multiple platforms, so developing a port is a bit easier because only one set of source code has to be updated and works the same way on every platform. Also, some programming skills are needed to screw out all the power resources of mobile devices in favor of the right running speed. The engine supports real-time lighting effects for more than four years, but mobile devices could not handle it until now. Wow, so you've been able to do this lighting for four years now, and only now the technical advances in mobile have allowed you to do it. That's pretty amazing. Okay, that's uh, kind of mind-blowing. Let's go on to something a little bit less mind-blowing. Um, Silverball <laughs> asks, the background noise in the game sounds like quite a lively pub, and I can hear English-sounding voices saying, Quah, look at that. Where was this recorded? Yes, the ambient sounds were recorded in a pub here 10 years ago, if I remember right. 10 years ago. There you go. All right. Snorzel has to ask, can you give us any hints on the next project after Zachariah? We don't have any plans for our next project at the moment because we are concentrating totally on development of the carrier pinball. This app is honed constantly and evolves continuously. We plan it as a long-term project with regular updates and new features. One of these features is already under development, which is a secret editor that will make uh, shake up the pinball market, hopefully. Ah, so this is what you are alluding to before about saying we will be making new tables. That's really, really exciting stuff. I know that in uh, TPA, a lot of um, members have been asking for a table building style thing for a while, but it's just not really in Farsight's mission to offer this, I don't think. so. Perhaps Zachariah will be the um, the company that fills that gap in the um, the market. That's very cool. All right. So the next question is about leaderboards. And Jeff Strong asks: At the moment, all scores are grouped together with no indication about the customizations made. For example, tweaks to physics, um, the table rake or the lean on the table, ball weight, etc. What are your plans for leaderboard expansion? Will there be three ball, five ball? arcade simulation, how's that going to work? Well, the plan is to make separate high scores for all current and future configurations because this will be needed for some upcoming features. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. Cool. All right. Um, 
let's have a chat now about um, promoting um, Ask and promoting Zachariah Pinball. Silverball, uh, Silverballs ask, have you considered promoting the game at pinball shows to get more exposure? And if so, would you consider building a small virtual pin cabinet to draw people in using one of the Android all-in-one PCs with a 24-inch screen, for example? Uh, yes, we have considered visiting pinball shows, and no, we haven't built a virtual cabinet yet, but we will build a cabinet here to support this feature, and then everyone will be able to build their own and use our app with it. That's great, and I'd imagine that if you um, build the, uh, the cabinet there, there'll be a consistent way of um, uh, interacting with it. So based on your design, um, people can consistently implement controls and buttons and stuff. So that would make a lot more sense to actually have you guys do it first. Very cool. So um, pinball construction. So I think this has kind of been answered by a question before, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll ask it anyhow on behalf of the loafer. Have you guys considered selling your app as a pinball construction set? You have such uh, struck a good balance between features and performance, and I would love to see this tool in the hands of the creative community. Uh, no, we haven't done that, but instead we thought to implement an editor into the app. But this idea is in a very early stage, and I'll be able to tell you more as soon as it is really worked out. Ah, great. All right. So it's probably worth asking, have the Zachariah brothers played this game at all? I know I Go First Indy is very interested in this answer. What do they think of it? Well, as far as I know, they are 100% satisfied with the app and uh, are praising it a lot, especially Mauro Zakaria. Uh, the three Zakaria brothers became a legend in the pinball profession, and that's why we try to do everything that makes uh, Zakaria pinball more popular and appreciated worldwide. Ah, wonderful. That's good. So here's a bit of a, I guess it's not really off topic, but it's uh, certainly not pinball related. Um, Zachariah have actually produced some video games, um, arcade games, and I Go First Indie uh, wants to know if uh, there might be any chance that Ask could reproduce the Zachariah arcade games in the future. Well, yes, there is a chance that would make the Zachariah leg legacy complete, but we would like to finish the pinball series first. Yeah, understandably. Okay, well, the good news is that that's actually all of the uh, the main questions, the general questions. We've only got a couple more before the uh, the interview um, is ended, and these ones uh, relate to some uh, general questions for you. So we'll round those off with the last two. So um, seventy four to eighty nine um, wanted to ask some some different questions to a lot of the the other questions that were being um, proposed in the in the questions thread and. He wanted to know whether you're a self-taught artist or did you study somewhere? Um, and when did you start doing art and has it always been in the digital form? Well, most members of the team didn't learn their profession in a school. Rather, they were addicted to their passion. We were a team in the demo scene at the time and won some competitions. And for the record, I'm not actually part of the art department. I'm primarily responsible for scripts, secondly for sounds, quality control, and public relations. Uh-huh, and that's why you hang out in the forum so much. That would explain it. <laughs> okay, the the last question, again, uh, is asked by 74-89, and he says, what's your favorite pinball artist? Well, I can't pick a favorite one because the art of pinball machines from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, 90s is an art form in, of itself. 
Yeah, that's quite true. That's uh, some pretty amazing talent back then, um, creating art for um, for pinball machines. And uh, yeah, I kind of struggle to find um, a favourite artist as well. Some of the older designs just really are quite beautiful. Well, that is the end of the interview. So thank you very much for uh, participating in the forums, and thank you again um, very much for um, being so engaged in the forums. It's um, it, it really is a breath of fresh air to actually have um, developers that both uh, listen very closely um, to uh, requests and features and then manage to implement them just so quickly into the app. So it's just wonderful. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Ladies you, and gentlemen, your, your, your future Oscar nominee there, Bonzo. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Spectacular. It's good. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I have, a, I have a quick question just listening to that whole interview there. Um, am I mistaken? I th for some reason, I thought uh, Zachariah was Italian. Is it Hungarian, or where does it originate from? It is actually Italian. Um, the it three brothers Italian. Okay. Are, are Italian, yeah. They, um, they started um, back in the 70s, I think, and okay. uh, they built up uh, quite a reputation as um, Italian manufacturers. I think the tables, from what Zolt tells me, um, and we're incredibly popular in Europe, and we even got some down here in Australia because I know a couple of collectors down here that actually have a few um, tables here. They're, they are... <laughs> I can't say I'm a fan of the actual builds of the tables. I've, I've played on a few. Um, there's something about the plastics. It has that... Uh, uh, well, I, don't, I doubt you have pick and save or big lots uh, in Australia, but it's just this... It's a very thin, cheap plastic look, and yet they're not... They are constructed well. I mean, when you put your hands on one of their tables, you know, they're built like tanks. I mean, they are very well-built, uh, strong machines, but they've got some of the craziest art. <laughs> it's just bonkers on some of them. Yep, I, I tend to agree. I actually read a um, an, another article, um, that an interview that somebody published um, with uh, an interview with the Zachariah Brothers, and I think, if memory serves me correctly, it's actually a 12-color art package on those tables. 12-color. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> and they're all hand-drawn. The artist, who um, was just apparently the artist that was uh, involved with um, doing the art for the tables, he would just spend about two months on doing the art package alone for the tables in the back box. Um, wow. And he'd often, he'd often work... Um, late nights and just crazy hours to to get them through. So, one guy doing the art for all those tables, pretty amazing. And, and I, I will say, even showed. if I'm not a, even if I'm not a fan of what that art looks like, I'd still take it over photoshopped uh, heads on a stern machine any day. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it kind of it's what gives those machines of that era the charm they have. Like yes. you can just see the the craftsmanship and the attention to detail that they've gone to when designing play fields and designing the art. And it sort of, it really does set them apart from an art perspective of tables from today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm kind of impressed also with the fact that, uh, you know, one guy has this entire collection that they're basically, you know, <laughs> going and getting all the, the, uh, the pictures the and scans from. and everything from. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting way to do it, isn't it? Because what they're essentially doing is kind of outsourcing the expense of owning the tables. 
Yes. It's a little bit similar <laughs> to, I guess, what Farsight did um, when they were doing the Pinball Hall of Fame. They went over to, um, uh, the, well, the, the Pinball, Pinball Hall of Fame. Fame. <laughs> yeah, and they, they actually did the very similar thing to what um, uh, Ask is doing, I guess. And um, the, bigger, the bigger issue, though, is that Ask at least has quick access to these tables. Mm. Um, I mean, it sounds like it's, the guy is relatively close to them, as opposed to uh, Pinball Hall California, of Fame was in another and, state. Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't just you can't just you know. Hey, I got a question about this pinball and drive down the street. You you know, it's it's a trek. Um, yeah. Exactly. For you, American, everywhere in Hungary is close to everywhere else in Hungary. So. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a little bit like um a um a, we have the Australian capital territory here, and the joke locally is that um everything is twenty minutes away in the Australian Capital Territory. You have to go through about 20 roundabouts to get to anywhere in the Australian Capital Territory. <laughs> I'm sure the guys on the Pinheads Pinball Cop podcast will be nodding their heads smiling at that because they're based down there. I also think uh, uh, I like that they just have a physics genius. No name, just that's physics genius. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> he can stay around as far as I can see. Like, they're, uh, it's... Pretty amazing like the what they've been able to achieve. This is not the physics dunce. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, I, I also I had to just laugh at the comment of please tell us what you think about the uh, pinball arcade. <laughs> it was like that was the most diplomatic answer I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I totally agree. It's like uh, yeah, yeah, this is it was basically like a I prefer not to comment, but I'll give you something anyhow. <laughs> that was, being said. <laughs> Really? Black Knight is one of their favorite tables? You're kidding yeah. me. I know. Maybe it's their favorite table in real life, and it gives them nostalgia about... Yeah, but as far as being a TPA, it's a it's a terrible, horrible mess. It's a hot mess. Maybe Twilight Zone is their favorite table to play, and Black Knight is their favorite table to have a look at and smile. And go, oh, look where we are graphically compared to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, guys, we're, we're doing okay. We're, we haven't sunk this low yet. Okay. <laughs> Man, they really do need to go over some of those old tables, TPA, and spruce them up. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's getting um, pretty bad there. Jared, I'm, I'm afraid you missed a joke uh, opportunity. You were saying that uh, whatever answer was going to make Sick Boy very happy. No, it'd be make Sick Boy very healthy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I get for muting my microphone. I was just like, oh, where's the unmute? Um, <laughs> also, you know, when they, when they talk, they're mentioning, obviously it sounds like they're coming up with a uh, pinball construction set. Um, TPA has, or Bobby specifically has mentioned that they want to do a pinball construction set. And it made me just think, Man, I think we need Little Big Planet to do a pinball construction set, because <laughs> the things that little the, the the Little Big Planet community has done with that game, like the tools that that game has given them, and what people are able to run and do is mind-boggling. I think that if they did that with a physics engine with pinball, it'd be fantastic. The only problem is their physics would probably be like the physics that they have in the game, which is extraordinarily floaty, so it may not be all that fun, but it's just one of those things where like, man, construction sets, 
This goes back to like Excite Bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wasn't yeah. There a, a very, very, very old pinball construction set for for home computers in the eighties. I think there was, yeah, like on Amiga or something like that. I, I, no. I think it was a, a, apart from David's Midnight Magic on the C sixty four. It might have been the first pinball video pinball game I ever played. Wow. But it's quite a long time ago. I just think ago. about, like, in, in, well, it wasn't in Little Big Planet, it was in, uh, well, it was their offshoot, the, the karting game. The way you could do tracks, you, you, know, you could just drive your car and, you know, up, down, bank it, you know, and the road just became that way. And I was like, God, you could do the exact same thing with, a, uh, uh, with ramps. You know, you just yeah. steer your pinball where you want it to go, and it would create the ramp, and you could tell it, oh, make it a plastic, make it a habit rail, you know, make it out of steel, whatever. It's just like, these guys, if they're if they are thinking of doing these pinball construction sets, that they um, make some of these things intuitive, so that we could uh, really let our imaginations go hog wild. So um, we can basically make um, Monty Python, not Monty Python's Python Angelo's um, pinball circus, um, but in the yeah. app. <laughs> because that's going to be really easy to do with you know what is essentially because all Zechariah tables are scripted. So imagine trying to script that. That would be hard, right? You know, it reminds me. There was there was a, one of the first games I ever got on um, uh, on my old Macintosh back in 1991. Uh, <laughs> it was this game. Um, it was called Omega, I think it was. It was it was a tank game. So you created a tank, and then you had to pitch it against some other tank. But the entire thing was writing code. That's all the game was, was you writing code for this tank. So it was nothing but if-then statements. And my buddy recommended it to me, like, oh, it's this fantastic game. And I got the game. I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is not a game. It's homework. <laughs> so, so, I've actually got to develop the game and play it. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, essentially, and it, and it was one of those things where you like you you know then run the program and say so your tank is moving. You're like, yeah, I got my tank to actually move forward, and then you'd come to a river, and you're like, turn, turn, I put the sensors on you to turn, and you just go into the river and sink, and you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta oh, go back and recode now, and then you gotta go back through the code and then figure out where you went wrong, which if then statement wasn't correct, and oh my gosh, hated that. Game. <laughs> well, welcome to software <laughs> development. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fun time. Yeah, I think it was more like, welcome to software development. There's the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, um, fun games. Yeah, one of the other things that uh, was mentioned in that, and I think this kind of uh, can lead us uh, to a conversation that's going on right now on the forums. Um, they mentioned that they've had the tech for the game for the past four years. They've just held on to it because it hasn't been able to be put into any of the, the mobile devices until now. The flip side is you have Farsight not letting their game advance because they're trying to appease people that are still on you know a second generation iPad or even a first generation iPad and people that are you know still rocking Windows XP which Microsoft isn't even supporting anymore and is officially cut off <laughs> yeah I know it's ridiculous so you know there there's the uh, the thread uh, what's the thread title I think it's something like uh, it's, it's not you it's me we're breaking up yeah. side, <laughs> we're breaking up it's not you it's me it's not me it's yeah. you yeah. yeah, and uh, although there's a you know there's a fair share of uh, vitriol in there, there's also quite a few truth bombs in there also. Heaps. And Heaps of truth bombs. 
Oh, heaps. And the the most recent had to do exactly with this tech where somebody, you know, after it was mentioned what, um, you know, hey, we want to keep the largest user base possible, somebody then went and dragged up, yeah, well, here's the user base of Android and iOS. <laughs> and you're literally trying to, you're holding hostage 90% of users for the 10% that won't advance. Yeah. And, and I... Uh, it kind of, to me, made me think about just in in general. Um, you know, for a long time we've been kind of preaching, "Hey, fix the game, make the game strong," because your core fans, the ones that are willing to drop the money for entire seasons, not just on one platform but maybe multiple platforms, these are the very people that are also going. You know what? You're not listening. You're not. Uh, uh, doing bug reports or, or getting on onto bugs fast enough, I'm done with you. I'm moving on, and hey, look at this. There's a new pinball game made by Ask Homework that's you know, rocking it out the house and is, is listening to customer feedback and getting to it. It's not just a matter of listening to the feedback, but actually then uh, acting on, on the feedback, and they're doing it in a quick manner. Um, very quick. Like the, it staggers quick. me how fast these guys are actually turning over bugs. It's, it right. boggles my mind compared to the pace of TPA. And it, um, and it seems think... like there's there's it, it's like well we're going to we're happy to just churn out a game every month and appease the person that might buy the table one month and might not buy the next two tables because they're not thrilled with the title and so you're you're appealing to the very casual gamer and oh, yeah. losing out on a ton of revenue from your most loyal uh, uh, players. And I think yep. that was what I found interesting just with the little tournament that we ran, just like I said, with 19 PC users. Um, I think that shows where where you can go, where your market is, um, that uh, uh, it's not all about the casual gamer, and you've got to really think long-term long as opposed to short-term. No, and it seems like uh, people... the ask is thinking long-term. Yep, they, they are. They've got the engine that allows them to develop easily cross-platform. And I'm not suggesting that Farsight doesn't actually have that now. They actually do have a, from what I understand, one platform they develop on and then port to the different other platforms. But the the, the real concern for me is, um, and I've said this as the way they can easily work around this, they use season passes as a way of, of setting expectations for device support. And they go, right, so Season 5, we're dropping support for Android 3 and under, um, right. for example, and we're pushing in graphical features that will may cause performance issues on slower or older devices, but you can turn them off if you want. And then it's just choice. Say, or you can just turn it off. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly what Zachariah do with their engine. They can You turn off practically everything if you want, and it will probably run on a really bad um, Android device of three years ago, like a Desire or something like that. But you won't get any shininess, but you'll be able to play it, you know. Um, well, that's so... the case with a lot of PC games, even. I mean, you can turn those things to the lowest of settings and still playing them on a junky PC. It's just going to look like crap, and it's going to not have a good draw rate. And, you know, right. it'll be playable, but it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to turn any heads with it. That's right. And um, but, you know, on the flip side with the PC is they'll put out a game that virtually no one's computer can run, and then what do you got? You got the guys that are going, oh my god, I gotta get the newest, you know, I gotta get the newest video card, 
that cost you know $1,500. <laughs> yeah, totally. And they'll go and do it because I think you, you, you need two of those then. So yeah, yeah, and you'll need $2,000 just for two video cards. Right, yeah, and it's exactly. basically because those are the people that want to have the bragging rights that they can do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yep, Farsight needs to do some thinking, and um, I've seen some of the responses from Farsight employees in the thread, and I think this thread, uh, it shouldn't have been a wake-up call to them, but I think it probably has been a bit of a wake-up call to them. Um, they, they really need to work out what they're going to do, because well, and mobile... You know what? Oh, what about mobile? Well, I was going to say mobile. It's uh, maybe not according to the um, the tournament um, that we're running, but mobile <laughs> has been cited in the past as a top revenue stream for them. And yeah, you're seeing stuff like like Ask is putting out. And yes, admittedly, Ask don't have the overhead of ROM emulation, and they're not trying to, you know, do all the stuff that uh, Farsight has regarding you know overheads on the processor or yeah, as they. They tell us that that's the issue, but you know you have to wonder that if they're able to pump out um, graphics like this, um, why why can't Farsight at least give us you know um, dark mode or something on on Android to make it look like a bit more realistic and some shadows or something? I mean, one of the members was talking about, hey, why don't you just bake in shadows like shadows from ramps and rails? We saw them on games like. Um, I think it was Tales of the Arabian Nights, or one of those ones, Mobile Ripley's, with the with that Y rail that goes over the playfield. You can actually see a shadow in that, and it, it just makes it look not flat. It makes it look 3D. As at the moment, like you look at the Cyclone build, and like the transparencies on the ramps are okay, but it's kind of just a bit lifeless. It's you know, it doesn't have any of that sort of depth of field to it. <laughs> it's strange well, to say a, that. Here's an interesting thing about that, because um, I'm in the DX11 beta, mm-hmm. and where I think some issues are coming is with those original tables that had the baked-in shadows and everything, it's now conflicting with the real-time lighting. Ah, oh, right. So they're actually relying on the real-time lighting engine to manage that now, and not... Exactly, the... because mm-hmm. your newer tables are looking better like they, they don't have so much of that issue. So um, I do think that this thread is helping in that respect because we have been poor Mike Reitmeyer. We've been hammering. <laughs> He's getting him. slammed. Sorry, oh my Mike. god. We are we are <laughs> hammering him. And I mean we're not being mean about it necessarily, because we know it's the art department. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yes. The the, the far side uh, bottleneck that is the art department. But we're we're We've been asking, making requests, and pushing him to do some things that Mike has fortunately been receptive to, and uh, it's, I think, although it's delaying when DX11 is going to get released, um, I think the end result is that people are going to be much happier. Um, I personally believe it's going to look better than the what the PS4 and Xbox builds are because that's what we basically started with. Um, right. So uh, that was a baseline with, what, for the PC. It, I mean, it wasn't quite there. It was. It was. Uh, I think where we're at right now, uh, you know, two or three weeks later into the beta, I think that is where we're at. It's kind of at that baseline. Um, mm-hmm. But we've we've really been, you know, highlighting different things, and we've been. Uh, 
pulling up photos of real tables in similar lighting conditions and saying, hey, look at this, look at this, look at how this looks. Why isn't this flashing? Why is this, uh, you know, this way? Um, and definitely to Mike's credit, he's been, you know what, okay, let me, I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and do that. I'm going to try and do that. And so I think that this DX11 build has certainly been um, pushing them and uh, hopefully opening eyes. Uh, this thread has been doing that, and who knows? Maybe we'll see see something coming out of that. But I just noticed that uh, Zen just announced their Marble uh, Avengers Age of Ultron table. Yeah. And one of the things they announced with it was difficulty settings. Hey, look at that. Look nice. at that. So... Even Zen is starting to drop these kinds of things in. It's like, hey, Farsight, I know that you were first, you know, well, actually, you weren't first on the block. Zen was first on the block. But, um, you know, you came on, you basically became the top dog, but if you want to remain the leader, you got to lead. You can't yeah. fall behind. And no. if you do fall behind, then it's your job to at least keep pace. Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully... Hey, you know, competition is a good thing, and yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that it uh, manifests itself and that we do benefit from it. Um, yeah. That being That's said, just... my God, a six-person team at Ask? Yeah. Jeez. Crazy. That is, that's one heck of a six-person team. <laughs> well, it's because yeah. they've got a physics genius. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Genius enough said, right? Hey, I wanted to <laughs> add something else about the, the whole, you know, that in relation to that thread, I yep. Captain Bazaar on the forum pointed out in the uh, Android thread that Farsight announced on Facebook that they were releasing a scared stiff standalone app. Um, yes. And um, they wanted to target uh, fans of Cassandra um, and hopefully get more exposure to um, the game through that channel. Um, <laughs> the thing that kind of, number one, it wasn't run through any beta channels. Um, this was just magically released. We didn't see it through a beta channel um, and in um, the Google Plus community. It was, oh, so it's, it's actually out now? Oh, it's out. Yeah, it's, it's oh. out. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's I'll, I'll use one word, disappointing. It's disappointing because no bugs or anything were resolved in the table. No art pass was done on the table to paint it in the best light for fans of Elvira and fans of Cassandra. Um, so we basically just got a recycled Scared Sif table build um, from the Mothership app, dragon-forced into this mobile offering with, um, you know, a <laughs> the Farsight menu style. Um, and, and it's... Uh, it could have been so much better. Like, they could have used this as an opportunity to, like, address some pretty interesting bugs on this table. For example, the uh, the crate multi-ball bug where you can shoot two balls into the crate and they just jiggle and knock around and give you multiple jackpots over and over again until they eject. Like, you know, <laughs> that's a massive exploit. And this is why somebody um, has got a, a score of 17 million up there. One of the things that they've offered you in this app which I will say for the record is pretty cool, is a two-minute game mode where you've got two minutes to get the biggest score possible on the game. And I have to admit, it's it changes the way you play this game. So basically, sure. <laughs> changes it. what it does is it says, right, 
So what you do is you shoot crate multiple, wait for the bug to manifest, and leave it there until the timer <laughs> runs out. That's pretty much how you um, do, do the score at the moment on that table. And, you know, we've, we're seeing stuff like the flasher bowls still clipping through the cabinet, and uh, the... There's something about the season. I think that was was that a season two table or season that was one? Season two. Season Wait, uh, two. Yeah, I want to say season two. Yeah, I think it was two. So we're seeing the same sort of. We're seeing the usual problems with the insert lighting on season two tables, where when they blink, they look really. They just look really strange. Like the 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 insert lights have this sort of a weird sort of negative positive thing going on. When yeah. they blink, at least on mobile, it just looks really bad. So, again, you know, <laughs> it's it's just it's the same sort of things that are going on in that thread. They, I've said for a while now, I've been pretty vocal about it that Farsight need to stop doing side projects and focus on the mothership. Um, and uh, from what I understand, um, that might be happening with um, the uh, the difficulty level. Tables. I think they might be getting a, a few cycles to go and fix bugs when they go through the tables and apply difficulty um, settings to them. But it's, again, disappointing, Farsight, that you have to have the impetus of that, uh, you know, going through, back through and adding difficulty, to, to go through and address long-standing bugs that have been around since Season 2 in games. Like it, it shouldn't be like that. You should be doing bugs like, I don't know, let's use an arbitrary figure of let's spend a week on one table each DLC cycle and squash one bug. Even if it's one bug, that's one less bug in the product. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, they're long-standing bugs, too. That's the other thing. It's not like... Yeah, I mean, you know. I identified that crate bug during the mobile beta back when it was being tested, and it's still right. in the product. You know, it's Which makes you wonder, then, what is the point of the beta? <laughs> yeah, I, love, I don't know. <laughs> Back then, it was a bit different. I know that um, now the Android dev, Scott, um, Scott Umble, is really good. He's managed to put some stuff into the product that um, you know we've been waiting for for a while, like Google Play Games yeah. support. And he's done what he can, um, going back through all the tables, um, doing fixes that he can with the resource assets that are available for mobile, like, you know, some ramps that were opaque, depending on the way they were actually put into the game, he's been able to turn on transparency on them. And oh, yeah. you've got transparent ramps, like Noble Gophers, for example. Now, the reason Noble Gophers, the ramps were all opaque because of performance issues back when the table was released. So right. Scott's gone, you know what, let's turn it on and see what happens. And sure enough, the mobile device has been able to do it, no worries at all. So, Ta-da! <laughs> Because, you know, technology has advanced in two years. So, you know, this is what... <laughs> I feel like a broken record, honestly, with Farsight and the feedback I'm giving him. And it it kind of just feels like it's falling on deaf ears. But hopefully this thread um, will make things change. We can only hope. Yes, we can only hope. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's flip that record then and uh, go into something else. Uh, I'm really sad Garrett- now. You're really sad. Well, let's let's make let's make you happy, Jared. Um, I've noticed something on your Twitter feed, which uh, if you'd like to follow Jared, that's at Jared Morgs. Um, Jared posts Yelp reviews. Yeah, I do. So, 
Are you an official Yelp reviewer? How does that go? Or do you just, uh, can anybody Yelp review? Uh, what do you get out of it? Why do you like doing it? Ex explain this to me. My, my head kind of is fuzzy about it. <laughs> yeah, so Yelp is a, um, a crowdsourced review site. A little bit, I think like uh, if you're familiar with TripAdvisor, it's like the restaurant, restaurant version of TripAdvisor. Um, so anyone can join Yelp and um, anyone can write reviews for Yelp. And it's all about your experience um, when you go to a restaurant or use someone like, for example, a plumber to do some fixing. It's your way of providing feedback to them if you don't feel comfortable um, talking to, say, the wait staff um, or talking to the owner directly. But some people are uncomfortable doing that. Um, it's also a way for businesses to um, start up, a, I guess, an online profile of their business and get, um, I guess, through meritocracy, um, better uh, custom through reviews and also address any feedback. So it's a continuous loop sort of thing as well with Yelp. Um, I've been, uh, I started only using Yelp last year and um, it was sort of brought on by the fact when I went over to um, San Francisco, which happens to be the one-year anniversary today. Um, Ta-da! Yeah, yeah, I wish I was there now. It's awesome. Over there. <laughs> Maybe a little bit dry at the moment, of course, but uh, that's another story. Um, uh, yeah, all of California is pretty much dry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There is no water. We, we are officially running out of water, according to NASA. So. Yeah, there is no water. You cannot, you cannot have a drink. Um, no. Better drink beer. <laughs> um, Shower and beer, you know. Yeah. That's right. Um, so the I use Yelp um, to sort of do some reviews over there because, well, Yelp's really popular in the US, and I think it was actually founded in Silicon Valley. Um, Probably. So, yeah, so I started using it over there. I know that Free Gold Watch um, has a, a Yelp status over there. They have, like, stickers over there you can put in your business if you're a Yelp partner, yes. which is pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't cost anything for businesses to actually, like, join Yelp. They can actually... The thing is that I could make a business listing for someone that has opened up um, a shop, and then they can actually take ownership of it and start managing it. So it's, um, I guess, just another way um, businesses can get feedback about what they're doing. And, you know, it, it is a, a crowdsourced review system, so you do get some jerks on there writing reviews that really <laughs> don't add that much value. Um, but I... I'm what they call a Yelp elite. Um, so, oh, um, well. I'm what that means is essentially I write a lot of reviews whenever I can, and the reviews I write are good quality. Um, I always take heaps of photos because you can upload photos through the app as well. There's apps for iOS and Android. Um, okay. and there's a really good web interface as well if you prefer to use a computer, um, and you can upload. Um, photos about the meal, so yes, I'm one of those guys who actually takes a photo first before sticking my fork in the food. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> that guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I'll admit. And, you know, I always wait, wait, I can't, I can't taste this yet. i got to snap the sizzle of my fajitas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I, like to, I like to do it because, number one, it's a way, because I'm a writer, like I'm a technical Yeah, it's writer. a way to practice that. It's Well, it's a way to, like, sort of write non-technical stuff as well. Like right. I, I do blogging as well. Like I, you know, I write blog posts. But this is a way to, you know, break the, the constraints of being a technical writer and 
and also writing stuff that's a little bit more amusing, perhaps. Like the last one I reviewed was a cafe called Sugar Deli, which we went to when we went to the beach yesterday, and we stopped there for coffee. And you know, this particular place, um, I commented that you know, to ask three dollars for a baby chino is uh, a little bit crazy. And I happened to have taken a photo of my my daughter who was <laughs> pulling this classic classic face at, and looking at the, the, the baby Chino on the table. <laughs> I used that as the, uh, the caption photo for it. <laughs> so uh, if you want to have a look, if anyone's listening and they want to see what I'm talking about, search for Sugar Deli and Scarborough in Australia and you'll see my review there if you want. Or um, just go to Jared's Twitter feed and it's right there and, in, his, uh, in his Yelp reviews. And you can, and you can look see at it. the spam. Just look that's at the Twitter right. spam that I'm punching at. And that's, that's right. selectable as well. You don't have to broadcast to Twitter. If you don't want it, you can actually turn it on and off per post you do. Um, so don't feel that you know Yelp will spam everyone to death on your list and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm a Yelp elite. That just means I get invited to cool events and stuff like that, and I get to know the community manager who's in Brisbane, and she's really cool. Her name's Lani, Lani P. And uh, we often catch up for, for yeah, coffee or something every month when I'm in the office. And... Um, We've got a, a lunch planned for this month where we catch up and meet other Yelp Elite people. It's just good. It's just a way of meeting new people, really. It's essentially like a kind of like a social network, kind of like a, a, a business review tool. Um, you can also check in as well. So if you check into a business and they're actively using Yelp, they can offer you special deals when you check in. Um, so you might get like a two-for-one coffee or something if you check in. And you can. it's a little bit like um, uh, what's the other one that allows you to be mayor of a place um, or a, you know it gives you status if you check in there a lot you can sort of become like the like the the duke of sugar deli for example <laughs> and it's just it's just meant to be fun basically and I enjoy it it's it's fun to to use Yelp and it's fun to write reviews and and contribute your thoughts about the cafe and and help other people work out whether it's the right place for them to go. Like, I wouldn't really recommend Sugar Deli for kids. I don't really think that it's um, it's quite right for kids. It's more for, you know, maybe a date night. It's really good for date nights because we've had dinner there. That's yum. Um, but, yeah, for kids, maybe not it, so much. It's okay, Jared. I don't, I don't think uh, most of us are going to be heading to uh, Brisbane and going to Sugar Deli anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But if you are in the area, it's, uh, it's nice. I don't know about you, Monty, but uh, I, I think this explains a lot about Jared. I think we've uh, we've got a much deeper insight into his uh, psyche now. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of Yelp, if you want to see a, a counter a counter argument to Yelp, just have a look at uh, go on YouTube, search for um, John Ellerick, and search for um, Let's Be Honest Yelp. <laughs> you'll, see, you'll see a bit of a, a contrasting uh, discussion about Yelp. From John Ellery. He's a funny dude. So I, uh, I hinted at uh, my, my controller woes, and I'll just uh, briefly go into what I've been dealing with. I personally cannot stand using an Xbox 360 controller. Um, they, I'm, I'm firmly in the uh, PlayStation DualShock camp. How I hold the controller, it just feels more comfortable, and especially for pinball, I use the uh, shoulder buttons, not the triggers. And the uh, the way I hold the 360 controller makes me want to uh, almost forces me to use the trigger, so I'm not a just not a fan of that. So when I shifted to gaming on the PC, 
um, that was the only controller that I had for the PC, and I was like, ah, oh, this just, you know, it was all right for games until I started playing pinball, and then that was right out. So I went to my go-to uh, peripheral company, which is Logitech. I've been very happy with their products in the past. I've used their products in the past, and uh, so I wanted to use their their uh, controller. The unfortunate aspect is that I pre- wanted to use a wired controller. I didn't want to deal with a wireless and potential lag or battery dying on me and stuff in the middle of a pinball game. And the wired controller that they have, which is an F310, it doesn't have any rumble, and I'm a big fan of rumble. The wireless controller, which is the F710, does have the rumble, but obviously you're wireless. They used hmm. to make one called the 510, which was rumble and wired, but for some unknown reason, they don't make that one anymore. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine, I'll buy the wireless, whatever. So I buy it, comes with this little uh, uh, nano receiver plug that goes into the USB port, plug it in, controller worked, played with it for about a month and a half, all of a sudden one day, controller's not uh, working, and it's giving me a blinking light and showing that it's not uh, connecting to the receiver. So I figured, oh, maybe that was the you know, battery light indicator. So I changed the batteries, still no luck. Mm-hmm. I go on to Logitech's uh, uh, forum, help forum. turns out that a bunch of people have this issue, and it's all people that are on Windows 8. I'm like, oh, great. And then to further compound that, there are no drivers for this controller, so it's not like you can drive down, you know, download the latest driver or anything. So I contacted Logitech, and they said, oh, you got a bad receiver. We're going to send you a new receiver. I was like, okay, well, hey, you know, thank you, customer support or whatever. So in the meantime, I put back in my, I plugged back in my 360 controller, and I just had my other controller just sitting on my desktop. Well, like about four days later, all of a sudden the the controller started vibrating. You know, when when playing the game, it was obviously receiving the same signal as my 360. I thought, oh, that's weird. And I look, and sure enough, it's connecting to the receiver again. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I play with it. In the meantime, I get the new receiver uh, sent to me. I don't bother uh, swapping it out, though, because I'm like, ah, no, no, I'm using it as a backup, and, you know, <laughs> this controller's working. <laughs> so, yesterday, two days ago, I go to use a controller, and it's not working. It's giving me the blinking light. I'm like, oh, what the hell happened? <laughs> so, so I go, I mean, and I've literally changed nothing on my computer, right? I haven't moved the where the receiver is plugged into. I haven't downloaded anything new. It's, nothing has changed. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe it is the battery. So I changed the battery. No, still doesn't work. I'm like, okay, here we go again. So I call up Logitech, and the poor bastard that was trying to help me—he's—he's <laughs> he's so in over his head, you could tell. Um, I'm sitting there going, you know, unplug the thing, plug it back in, check this, check that. I'm like, it's not receiving, it's not receiving. He's like, do you have another computer? And I'm like, yeah, I've got another computer that my son has. It's Windows XP. <laughs> Speaking of XP, <laughs> um, and so go plug the controller over there. Boom, instant connection. So obviously it's not a problem with the controller talking to the receiver. It's a problem with the operating system. And the guy can't figure out, neither can I for the life of me, why it's not connecting other than he goes, oh, there must be a compatibility issue with Windows 8. I'm like, yeah, I know this because I've gone on your forum and that's what everybody's screaming about and been apparently screaming about this for the past year. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and not, Yeah. <laughs> So, again, and, and that's what everybody... It, it, it's very reminiscent of the TPA forums in terms of how many people have to complain about something before you fix it. 
Mm. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm rather shocked because usually Logitech is really good about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm back to having the controller sitting on my desktop, waiting, and my 360 controller plugged in and hoping that it's just going to magically heal itself. Um, meanwhile, the the customer support was was like, we're going to close your case because the receiver worked. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we proved the con- controller works, but we did not prove that anything works you know, in conjunction with working on a Windows 8 machine. And then I, I threw in at the very end, I'm like, but if you happen to have a wired 510 lying around the offices, you can just send that to me and I'll swap it out. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. On to eBay. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so annoying. And, and the problem is, is that there's not really uh, any other DualShock-like controllers on the market with brands that I would trust for the PC. Now, of course, um, while I was in the uh, chat forum one time, uh, Jay Pelter and Heretic both started yelling at me about just hook up a freaking PS3 controller. I was like, how do you do that? And they're like, it's Google. It's your friend. And so I typed it in and found the thing. I haven't plugged it in to actually test it out. But I'm like, that's my last resort because, hey, that's my controller for the PS3 that I don't play that much anymore because I've been playing on the PC. But, that's beside the yeah. point. <laughs> the, <laughs> the point of this is things should work the way they should work. Damn it. So, anyway. That's right. Make worky, Logitech. Make worky things. Exactly. So I'll have to update you guys on that. Um, something else to update you guys on is our next, when we run the next uh, Table of the Month tournament, as I said, on the 25th, um, one of our forum members, his name is uh, Ksenia, which... Me and my American lingo looking at his name, I was saying it uh, Zanija because it's X-A-N-I-J-A. But uh, I confirmed it with him that it's uh, Ksenia. <laughs> anyway, Ksenia, that's because he's, he's... I don't know, Bonto, he's German also, so maybe that's a, that's a thing for you guys. Um, anyway... I, 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 I pronounce it Ksenia, simply. See, you pronounce it the way he pronounced it. And me and my American lingo, it's no, it's a hard J, damn it. And the X's are spelled or sound like a Z, so Zanija. Um, <laughs> anyway, he has stepped up to the plate to help me in entering data uh, at the end of these tournaments because it was taking me three plus hours to crunch all the numbers because I was doing it all by hand, which is not fun. Um, and he has come up with a spreadsheet for me that uh, I just tested out the newest version of it today, and it is awesome. Jared, you have access to it. Check it out. It's brilliant. All right, um, check it out. Which should make me being able to post tournament results probably in less than an hour, maybe even uh, a half an hour after the tournament wow. ends. Yeah, That's so that'll be a big improvement. Huge improvement. Not only that, but it takes out the mass amounts of user error that, <laughs> that I was incurring. Because, you know, some of those tables, when they're in the billions for scores, and the Google Forms that you guys are entering the data into doesn't include commas, so it just becomes this long string of numbers that inevitably I'm going to type in wrong. <laughs> um and then on top of that, me trying to figure out the scoring, because that's the other thing he programmed into this, it's going to figure out scoring, who ranks higher than who, based on you know certain parameters and everything. It's, like I said, going to make my life way easier. So I just wanted to say that tournament results should come in much, much quicker. Also, um, last month, like I said, Joe Cool provided us a download of TAF. Um, if anybody wants to donate... Um, you know, a digital download of any kind. You know, do you have uh, 
uh, you know, some humble bundle games that you already owned, and now you have an extra copy. You know, a key for that. Um, if you want to go through, you know, just donate a Farsight game because you feel like being nice that way. You know, if there's anything of that nature that you want to donate that we can uh, give away as a prize. Do not hesitate to contact us. You can contact, as we've been saying, Jared at uh, Jared Morgs on Twitter, me at Shut Your Traps, um, uh, Bonzo is at DrexClown on Twitter, or you can email us at blahblahblockade at gmail.com. And uh, those are basically all the ways you can get in contact with us in general. But uh, Don't forget, um, we've also got, of course, the, the Master Blockade Twitter account as well that you can... Oh yeah, the master blood. <laughs> yes, at blockade. Hello. Um, how can I forget that one? Uh, many, many things. Uh, Jared, thanks for reaching out to Zolt and getting those responses. Zolt, thank you so much for uh, giving us those responses and the, uh, as I said, the Oscar-winning uh, performance that is Bonzo reading Zolt. Brilliant. Um, Love it. One extra thing about um, that interview, Zolt wanted to make sure that I mentioned that he's so appreciative of the Pinball Arcade Fans Forum and the feedback that we all give him to improve the product. He said it makes a just a massive difference to quality with the app and their ability to find things out quickly. Because you know, as we know now, they're they're a pretty small team. So having us looking over the tables of a fine-tooth comb really makes a big difference for them, and they really appreciate it. So thanks, everybody, for being awesome. And uh, the other thing, too, is I, I said uh, that, uh, hey, so how about uh, throwing a few <clears throat> DLC codes our way for the tournament, you know, mate? Ah. And, and uh, he he seriously loved to, but the way that the, the app licensing works, they don't actually have any promo code system in implementing the app, so he he has to unfortunately say no to that. He would have loved to support Blockade, but he just can't because of the way the licensing system works in the app. So thanks very much for um, for um, considering it, Zolt, but we understand that at the moment you can't do it. Maybe in the future, who knows? We tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and for the next tournament, tournament I think I'm... Overall, I'm eighth at the moment, so I have some extra points to give away to people who are in my groups. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that plays against Bonzo will be getting a free point. <laughs> um, I will say that I'm going to also try and start the uh, tournament a little bit earlier for our European players, um, even if it's by only two hours. Um, uh, I'll I'll make sure that I turn turn on the scoring as soon as I wake up, so that. Uh, you guys can uh, get those in early without having to stay up late at night or anything like that. Um, that would be awesome. Yes, instead of instead of the 10 a.m. start time, I'm definitely by 8 a.m. and maybe by 7 a.m. I'll I'll have it up and running. Um, do your conversions based on my West Coast. So there. <laughs> it's really it's really a shame we can't like there's not a way we can make the form live sort of delayed and have it turn on at a particular date and time. I don't think Google Forms actually allows us to do that. That'd be a yeah. really cool feature. Be pretty interesting if you could. A little self timer, but uh, hey, we'll try and figure those things out as we go. Uh, I do want to thank uh, everybody that has been playing in the tournament. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, for contributing to Table of the Week, um, we've got many, 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 many weeks to go. So it'll be all good. And unfortunately, we will actually have to play Big Shot during one of those weeks. <laughs> the, <laughs> or um, big nuts. The, the big nuts. I want the, big nuts. Maybe, big maybe that's what we'll do. We'll do one week where it's going nuts, big shot in Central Park, and then nobody will pay, play that entire week. <laughs> Yay, I'll get first. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe appreciate people appreciate it after that uh, lost in the zone. Um, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I know. I know. Sean won't. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I think that's. Uh, I think we've had enough fun for today. So, uh, thank you to uh, Jared Morgs for coming in and for uh, Bonzo for playing with us. Thank you, everybody that has been uh, contributing to this podcast and making it what it is. I've been your host, Shut Your Traps. We shall see you next time.